To the Brian uh, Kilmeade Show. I am Lydia Serrani. This is some uh, Boy George playing for you right here. You know, it got me thinking about Boy George because I remember growing up, I didn't know if he was a man or a woman. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, of course, the guy is a man, but he wore the makeup. And, uh, you know, he had this beautiful, velvety voice. And, uh, you know, now there's there's a big controversy going on about men dressing up as women and reading storybooks to children. I'm Lydia Serrani. You've probably heard me on with uh, Sit In Friends at 825 in the morning. And then I sit alongside John Katzmatidis every day at 5 o'clock uh, as alongside him, as his esteemed guests, talking about common sense issues that are affecting everyday Americans and New Yorkers, because that's essentially what we're trying to do here. You call me corny. You can call me corny all you want, but we are literally trying to save New York, save America, because I do feel like we are on a collision course. You know, we're falling off a, a cultural cliff to, to nowhere because there are so many things happening in this world right now that just I don't want to say normal. It's just because what is normal, right? Something that's normal to you is not normal to me. I, I want to say it's not healthy. OK, it is not healthy to confuse our children. It is not healthy to legalize drugs and confuse our kids. Yesterday, there was a pot store. That that opened up in the East Village and uh, Curtis Sliwa was there at the grand opening. There was a huge long line. And from the business perspective, it looks like New York City is going to fumble this New York State because all of the vape shops on the Upper West Side already are selling weed. There's weed dealers all across New York City. I, I don't know about New York State, but I can tell you they're all across New York City. You walk down the street and all you do is smell marijuana everywhere you go. And now we have this legalized pot shot. What is what kind of message does that send to kids? That is my issue. You're an adult. Do what you want. okay? but even as an adult, a lot of them don't have that restraint to know better, to know not to use drugs while they're at work, while they're driving. And that is, you know, that that's a whole other issue in every state that we have seen where pot has been legalized, like we saw in Colorado, you saw accidents go up. Because people misuse it. You see the drug injection centers that they're popping up in Philadelphia, New York City, and L.A. They thought by having these safe drug injection centers that the level of illegal drug use would go down. And in actuality, it went up because more dealers then surrounded these drug injection centers. So you would have the addicts go in, get the clean needles, and come out and get the drugs get high, overdose, and then the people in the clinics would come out and give them the Narcan. So then there, you, you saw all of these uh, statistics saying, we saved this person, we saved that person from overdosing and dying. And it's like, yeah, that wouldn't have happened if you maybe didn't have this concentration of where all the addicts gathered together. I'm Lydia Serrani. I'm opening up the phone lines, 1-800-848-WABC. That number is 1-800-848-WABC. Momentarily, we will be speaking with probably one of the greatest governors New York ever had, and that's Governor George Pataki. Governor Pataki is a common-sense guy, a moderate, and that is what we need. You know, I get these hate messages on social media, and they're like, Lydia, stop saying we need a moderate. Stop saying we need to reach across the aisle. Now, if you want to win in a general election, you have to reach across the aisle. You do. You do. 
You can sit around in your echo chamber and scream and shout about the issues you feel passionate about. But if you don't reach across the aisle, if you don't try to meet the other side in the middle, what are you going to accomplish? Really, what are you going to accomplish? You're just as bad as the AOCs of the world, the Ilhan Omars, the Cory Bushes. We look at them like they are cuckoo crazy because they want to defund the police. And and they are, you know, they are. And they just keep going on and on. Instead, if they said, listen, we think that the budget should be curtailed. We want to make sure every single dollar is allocated and it's not being wasted. If they changed the rhetoric, if they didn't say we want to completely ban and abolish the police, then maybe we would take them seriously, just like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. If she didn't say some of the crazy things that she says, then she wouldn't be ostracized. So we, I think we have to be careful. Language is important. It is. It is important. And I think we need to turn down the temperature on many issues, not all of the issues. And I am passionate about this whole hypersexualization of our children. I am. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I, I think kids should be allowed to be kids. That's what I believe. Just like I don't want a drag queen reading a storybook to my child, I wouldn't want a stripper reading a storybook to, to my child because that's what drag queens are. Drag queens are from the subculture of the clubs. Okay. I, I have a lot of gay friends, you know, being in the media industry, there's a lot of people of all different walks of life. And that's like, it, it's kind of an outlier, the drag queen. And I know they're trying to make them more mainstream, but why to our kids? Why to our kids that are already confused? My daughter, Julia, she's five years old and we spent Christmas with my parents and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with my in-laws. And I said to her on Christmas Eve, I said, do you know, I used to be I was in grandma's tummy just like you were in my tummy. She goes, you were in grandma's tummy. And then I said to her about my husband and daddy was in Nani's tummy because that's what we call her, his mom for her, you know, to kind of differentiate. And she was like, what? But how how did you get in grandma's tummy? How did I get in your tummy? Now, am I going to get into it about, well, there is an ovary and the ovary releases an egg in the middle of the month and then the sperm goes up the fallopian tubes and that's where fertilization takes place. And then it travels down the fallopian tubes and it implants in the uterus. No, I said, God, God put you in my tummy, just like God put, you know, you know, me in grandma's tummy and and so forth. And she smiled and she was happy about that. She said, God, I said, yeah, God. And she's like, oh, I love God. And, you know, and why, what's so wrong with that? Am I crazy? Just like, I don't want you talk. Like, why can we allow kids to just be kids? And if you're going to do the drag queen story hour, do it in the, do it in a private event. Why do you have to do it at a library, at a huge library, a taxpayer funded library? Your money and my money goes to. Huge, huge outcry yesterday in Jackson Heights Public Library. The street had to be shut down. Hundreds of protesters came out for and against, which I was surprised by the people that were against it because New Yorkers are tend to be pretty apathetic and we, we tend to be extremely liberal. So the fact that so many people are passionate about this because they feel that their kids are being hypersexualized, that they're being exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to, and they don't want their taxpayer dollars being used to groom their children. And I know people here, even other hosts, they'll disagree with me and they'll say, what do you mean they're being groomed? Grooming means where you are trying to make a child become more sexualized, like to your side. And I'm going to say something that's really 
may be going to be offensive to some people. I don't think it's healthy for a child to see a grown man in makeup with prosthetic breasts and gyrating around. I know that's not what happens at Drag Queen Story Hour, but I know that they do that in those other things like they did in Florida. I don't think that's healthy. Just like I don't think it's healthy for a child to see even a a woman doing that, a real-life woman. Can we just not? Why? Why? Can somebody explain to me why we are forcing this upon our kids? That's what you have to do. you got to kind of peel it back because they're confused. They're like, why am I looking at, is this a man? Is this a woman? Just like with Boy George, I didn't know as a kid, is this a man? Is this a woman? But it wasn't like forced down my throat. And I was older, obviously, with, uh, you know, Boy George. But we're talking about five and six-year-olds, kids that don't even know where babies come from yet. So why are we have forcing it upon down their throats? I wanted you to hear a little snippet. Do you have it, Ryan? I want you to hear a little snippet of the people that were for the Drag Queen Story Hour. Take a listen. Eat your gun! Eat your gun! Now, you, you guys tell me, you guys tell me, did that not sound like they were saying to the cops, eat your gun, eat your gun? It sounded like it, right? So really, do we want to be on the side of these type of people, these type of protesters where they're shouting at cops to go and kill themselves? They are anti everything that we stand for in this country. And when I talk about what's an American America is not about being a white person. America, you you can be Hispanic. You can you can have English as your second language and be the a, a great patriot. That's that is nothing. Being an American is loving this country. That's all that it means. Love this country. You want to assimilate. You want to bring what you love about your culture into America. But at the end of the day, you love your country. You want to contribute and you want to be a productive member of society. That, to me, is what being an American is all about. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to uh, William from Westchester. Hi, good morning. Uh, You might be interested in the fact that there's an anti-drag queen story hour, as a matter of fact, Kurt Cameron, who's uh, written a uh, Christian book for kids, is going to be this afternoon at Scarsdale Library, 3 o'clock. I know. I heard about it. And I belong to a Westchester mommy group, right? And so what does Kurt Cameron do? What was it? I, I, why am I blinking out? What, growing Pains. He was on Growing Pains. You know, he was Mike that. Seaver, right? He's yeah. now a, a Christian actor, author. And so exactly. he's he's having this story hour. And there was an outcry and a backlash to it. And I there was a posting about it that he was going to be speaking at the Scarsdale Public Library. He was having his own little story hour, and people are against it because Scarsdale is very, very Democrat. So they're like, that, they're like, that's disgusting. I don't want to hear him. What kind of world are we living in, William, or maybe anybody else can explain to me, where people are for men that dress up as women with the prosthetics and all this other things, and yet a guy that is talking about God and Christianity is something that we should be uh, horrified about. Can you explain to me, William? I think letting them or sending the kids to drag queen is is a form of child abuse, whether Curtis would like it or not. I I think so, too. I, I mean, you know what? It should be investigated. If you are a parent that thinks your child should be exposed to sexually explicit content, I think you should be investigated by the police. Because if you're willing to do that, then what else are you willing to do to your child? Because I don't see an upside to that. On the line with us right now, thank you, William, for calling in, is the greatest governor New York has ever had. There, I said it. Governor Pataki, how are you, sir? Good morning, Lydia. I'm doing great. How are you? Good morning. 
when you look at New York, how it is today and the issues that we are facing compared to when you were governor, do you just sit back and say, what the heck is going on? Uh, it's, it's worse than that because it's obvious what's going on and none of it is very good. And I'll tell you, it's just so sad, Lydia, because New York is the greatest city and it is a great state. Uh, but the left wing politicians who dominate Albany are just uh, and New York City as well are just heading us in the wrong direction. And it's obvious to anyone who opens their eyes. You know, Governor Kathy Hochul, she had a choice of a appeals court judges, chief appeals judges. Like I'll just say a chief judge that she could choose from. And she picked that judge, Hector LaSalle. He had an incredible body of work. This is what she said. I haven't looked at his body of work, but she said he looked she looked at all of the cases, thousands. I think she said five thousand cases. And the two cases that the progressives have an issue with where he went against, I think it was a labor group and or and the other was like something to do with a woman. He didn't go against the labor group. He didn't go against women. These were procedural issues that he ruled on. And so she said, you know, we should not know what whether a judge is a right wing or a left wing because political ideology doesn't belong in the judicial system. So she said it shouldn't be a litmus test of who the judge should be. And so what do you think about the fact that you've got the progressive wing that are now going to shoot down her nominee simply because he is not a radical progressive? Uh, Lydia, I'm so glad you asked me this question, because this is far more important than just uh, Justice LaSalle. He should be confirmed. He's an excellent judge. He's been the presiding justice of the second department. But this is two things. Uh, the left controls the legislature, and they have done just a great job in driving New Yorkers out of the state and letting crime go through the roof and taxes go up, and now they want a pay raise. But more than just whether or not we're going to have the courts taken over by the left and the courts of the last bastion of sanity in New York State, it's also a question for Hochul. She just got elected for the first time. This is her first key move. If her own Democratic Party pulls the rug out from under her on her first major decision, having been elected governor, it will tell you the next four years are going to mean that she's a figurehead and the power lies with the Democrats and the left and the state legislatures. So this is a momentous moment. Does she get to have her nominee chosen to head the courts or do the Democratic lefts who control the legislature control the courts as well and completely undercut Hochul before she even takes her first elected term. This is a very important decision. Uh, Governor Pataki, I couldn't agree more. People need to understand just what a big deal this is. This, in my opinion, is like the ultimate corruption if they don't allow this guy to be confirmed. Because it's one thing if you say, listen, I don't want Judge LaSalle because he's a George Santos or something, or they find something really crazy in his past. They don't want him confirmed because he ruled on some procedural you know, issues regarding a court case that happened to go against a labor group and happened to go against a woman. It's that's what's so crazy. So if they had an actual hearing and this all came out, they would find that out. So and then they want somebody that's radical in there. That to me is crazy. And that's that's exactly what they want, though. They don't want someone who's going to look at the law and uphold the law as it exists and has it been written. They look at someone who's going to look at the law through ideological prism, through ideological prism, and say, what is good for the left that I can decide in this particular case? And if that happens, the last bastion of democracy in this state is gone. You know, the Democrats, Generis is leading the opposition, Senator Generis is leading the opposition to uh, 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 
uh, LaSalle. He also one who rammed through the unconstitutional gerrymandering that was thrown out by the Court of Appeals. So what he wants now is to have his person controlling the courts so that he can continue to do the unconstitutional acts that he did in the past and have them upheld by a left-wing court. Uh, And so this is very important as to whether or not we're going to have the rule of law in New York State or the rule of the left in New York State. And it's very important because does it mean Hochul is going to be governor for four years or merely a figurehead because her own party has taken her legs out from under her before she even took the oath of office uh, for her first complete term. So this is a momentous decision for the future of New York. And, you know, I think a lot of New Yorkers are hanging on the balance. Do I stay in this state? I mean, Florida is a nice place. It is booming. New York State led the country in out-migration, people who have left. We have lost a significant amount of the high-income people who pay all the income taxes in this state. There are a lot of others looking and saying, is there any hope? Will hope will be different? Is there some opportunity? Uh, and if they, get, if they get their way and put in a left-wing head to the highest court in this state, Hochul will be uh, uh, a figurehead for four years, and this state will go even further left. And a lot of people are going to say, this is not the future for me. Governor Pataki, I couldn't agree more. This is why you should not have one party rule, because as the saying goes, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And absolutely, there is this woke mass exodus of people, mass migration of people leaving these ultra blue liberal states like California and like New York. And they're heading to more red areas. And like you mentioned, the census just came out in New York in the last two years with covid Almost 500,000 people left New York State. And the number one state that had the biggest growth in population was Texas, followed by Florida. They're right there neck and neck. And so what does that tell you? People are tired of the taxes. They're tired of the crime. And they were tired of the COVID lockdowns. So they voted with their feet. They said, I'm out of here. They voted with their feet. Texas and Florida both have zero income tax. New York and California have the two highest state tax burdens in the country. So people leave. Uh, And if uh, Hochul can't get her nominee through, it will only get far worse uh, over the next four years in New York State. But let me make one other point. This legislature, this left-wing legislature that wants to ignore the law and just do what they want, wants a huge pay raise. They're getting it, right? 32,000. Well, she hasn't signed it yet. Uh, Governor Hochul, uh, if she has any hope to, to be able to be successful over the next four years very simply has to go to them and say, you're not getting a pay raise if I don't get my judge. Uh, and, mm. and she should get far more than her judge for the pay raise. This is something they want, and it lines their pockets. So to them, it's a high priority. Uh, you know, hey, we'll drive high-income taxpayers out of the state, but we want to be high-income taxpayers ourselves, so give us this big pay raise. She has enormous leverage. If she does not use that leverage now, Uh, She is telling the legislature that she just doesn't have the courage to stand up to them. Uh, It's not that difficult. You know, you're not getting your pay raise if I don't get my judge. And by the way, in addition to getting my judge, I want bail reform. I want Uh, judges to have discretion at the very least. Absolutely. You want bail reform and you want Judge LaSalle. And she has the leverage with that pay raise bill that she has yet to sign. So this is a test. This is a test not just about this one appointment. This is a a test about the next four years. Will we have a strong governor who stands up to a left-wing legislature, or will we have a figurehead who is run over roughshod 
by left wingers who who have no understanding of what they're doing to the future of this great state. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, what we call a mic drop. Thank you so much, Governor Pataki. I wish it was you. I wish you could have run. I wish you did run. I mean, because we need somebody like you, common sense, somebody who'll reach across the aisle and not bow down to these regressives, as John Katzmatidis would call them. We have to go to a break now. Thank you so much, Governor. Happy New Year, if I don't speak to you before that. Yeah, and happy Happy New Year, Lydia. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys. I will be taking your phone calls. I got a full board of calls. I'm Lydia Serrani in for Brian Kilmeade. We'll be right back. Real New York 77 WABC. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Lydia Serrani filling in for Brian Kilmeade on this holiday week, right? I think this is my last day with you guys. Let's go to the phone calls and hear what you guys have to say after that amazing conversation with Governor Pataki. My God, don't you wish he was our governor? He would be like, are you kidding me? You don't want to confirm my common sense judge. You're not getting your 30 something thousand dollar raise. Can you imagine doing a horrible, horrible job, right? And going to you, to your boss and being like, I want a 30% raise. I want another $32,000 and demanding it. And they're actually going to get it. She hasn't officially signed off on it. But now I agree with Governor Pataki. She's got all the leverage and she should not sign it. Governor Hochul, do not bow down to these leftist radicals. I am telling you, all of New York, I I, I guarantee you more than 90 percent Democrats and Republicans. We have your back and we have had enough. Let's go to Larry from Brooklyn. Yeah. Hi, Lydia. On this drag queen issue, I just want to say that. The only reason they're doing it, this is this is a form of child sacrifice, by the way, uh, which is prescribed in the Bible. It says, "Don't give your children over to Molech," which was an, uh, an ancient Canaanite deity that that required the sacrifice of children. What they're doing now is is a disguised form of, of Molech worship by sacrificing children simply for the sake of making these drag queens feel better about themselves that's all they're doing there's no constructive purpose to it let them you 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 mentioned why not put a superhero there would be a constructive purpose because kids identify with superheroes they're role models is a drag queen a role model there is no constructive purpose and i am amazed and appalled that people like curtis sliwa in the morning wouldn't understand the simple aspect of tax payer dollars he says What's wrong with parents bringing their children for that? Yeah, let them do that in their own backyard. And Dominic Carter as well said the other night, what evidence is there that they're grooming children? Well, I think you answered that. I I told him the evidence is right under your nose. Look at it. Well, Larry, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I love Dominic and I love Curtis and we agree on most things. But on this issue, because I'm a mother and I have a child and five years old, they're confused as it is everything that's going on in the world today. And we don't need to put a giant woman, a man, woman, whatever, dressed up in all the makeup and prosthetic breasts. Because, again, what is the upside? What are we trying to do here? John always says to me, Katz he said, what's the upside? And I think that's a good way of life, right? Anytime you're doing something and you're like on the fence about it, what's the upside? Can somebody explain to me, maybe somebody can call in, what is the upside to having a drag queen reading storybooks to a child? Let's go to Robert from Suffolk County. Hi, Lydia. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? it's, It's urgent. I heard the show with John Governor... Former Governor Patterson, 
Curtis, Judge Weinberg, and other important guests that usually are on the 5 o'clock show with you. Yeah. Okay, we had a, they all had a very good discussion, which, because they don't take calls, I could not partake in. This is a national security issue. Which is, what's a national security issue? Okay, let me explain. And this has to be handled off the air. Okay, we're going to talk, we're going to talk to you off the air because we, you, we, we got to keep the pace moving. We got to keep the pace moving. So when you call in, guys, come in exactly with what you're going to talk about because I have a lot of calls, a full board of calls. So we got to get through the issues very quickly because we don't want people to change the channel. We want to keep it moving, and we have a lot, a lot of news to cover. Uh, let's go to Ted from New Jersey. Good morning. Good morning. You know, talking about reaching across the aisle, the aisle keeps moving. I agree. I'm 75 years old. And that aisle that I've reached across my whole life has moved farther than I can reach. Mm, that's a good point, Ted. It is a good point because, like, you look at it now. So I saw this picture back on, on Twitter of uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. with uh, Jackie, well, Jackie Kennedy then, and beautiful Caroline and uh, John Jr., you know, they're sitting on her on her lap. And, and it's just that was the Democrat Party. That was the Democrat Party. Just like Camelot, right? They were so beautiful. And now I think if JFK was alive, he'd be considered a conservative Republican. Could you imagine Barack Obama? Okay. So I'm not even going to go as far back as JFK. Barack Obama, he said having an open border is not sustainable. They called him the deporter in chief. He was the one that built all of those migrant centers at the border to handle the influx. Where And now Barack Obama, and if you remember, Barack Obama wasn't for gay marriage. Now he'd be probably driven out of office if he had the same policies he did back then. But we've become so beholden, so far left that even people like me that are moderates, I'm a moderate, like I'm a registered independent. Now I'm considered like a far right whack job. I've literally had somebody say that to me. And I said, well, have you ever listened to my show? Because I I think I have a lot of common sense analysis. And they're like, well, you work at WABC radio, so you, you must be far right. And. 90% of the people that work here, maybe even more, I'm not talking about the Cindy. I'm actually the local, all the local uh, hosts that we have here, we're all common sense people. I think we are. I don't see one single person here where I'm like, he's a whack job, like, or she's a whack job or something like that. We all try to look at every single issue as its own issue and not like say, oh, well, this is a Republican thing. This is a Democrat thing. It's about a right and wrong thing. I think we have time for one more call. And when we come back, I'll take more calls. 1-800-848-WABC. The number is 1-800-848-WABC. I'm Lydia Serrani in for Brian Kilmeade. Real quick, Mike from Queens. I know you want to talk about fentanyl and China. Well, it's Mike from uh, Wayne, New Jersey. Sorry. Oh. Um, Listen, um, if Trump was here, the easiest way to stop the fentanyl is pull rough sanctions on Mexico and China. Yep. They should be guilty of uh, chemical warfare and killing our youth. It's a form of a warfare, what they're doing. And Biden's too much of a coward to do anything about it. And our kids, our youth are dying. It's disgusting what's going on. Just pull tough sanctions on Mexico. Tell them if it don't stop, we'll cripple your economy and then the story 
Beautiful. Mike from Wayne, New Jersey. Common sense analysis right there. Even from our listeners. God bless you guys. We'll be right back. I'm Lydia Serrano in for Brian Kilmeade. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I am Lydia Serrani filling in for Brian Kilmeade. This song is When We Were Young by The Killers. You know, I think about how it was when we were young, right? And I'm not that old. I'm not even, I'm not even that old, but I never heard the phrase uh, cisgender. We didn't have these issues about drag queens. Uh, what are the other things? LGBTQ plus times 10, 12. It's too confusing. It's too much. Can we just let kids be kids? Is that is that a crazy thought? Am I a right wing nut job by saying something like that? Can we just allow kids to be kids? And parents, if they are hypersexualizing, oversexualizing, showing illicit content to their kids, they should be investigated by the police and not parents at school boards being investigated by the FBI. Okay? Like, to me, President Biden bringing in the transgender activist and sitting down, that sent a message to everybody in the world that we think it's normal and we think it's okay. And not only okay, it should be something that should be celebrated for a child or for young people to mutilate themselves because they are confused or they are depressed. That is clearly some sort of kind of mental issue. They need help, not surgery, not puberty blockers. And the fact that the president of the United States did that, it was a big deal. It was a big deal and it should not have happened because these people, it's, it's like bringing in a person that's anorexic, that's 70 pounds and they should be weigh 120 pounds, 130 pounds and saying, this is great. This is wonderful. It's not. We still see even people that undergo the surgeries and do the puberty blockers and do all those things. They still have high suicide rates. They still have high depression rates, still have high drug drug uh, addiction rates because it doesn't help. At the end of the day, if it did, then then okay, but it doesn't. It actually harms them even further and so many of them say this was such a horrible mistake. And so that's why it's up to us to protect our kids and keep those values that we hold so dear, family values. Family values. And I think that's ultimately what the radical left wants to destroy the family. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to um, Phil from Smithtown. Hi, Lydia. Hey, Phil. How you doing? I'm doing well. We got to get through. Before we, we can talk about so many topics, and I really appreciate your point of view. It's refreshing. But we have to control the votes, the voting. We need to use technology we have, this facial recognition, to control the voting system. One person, one vote. Racial recognition, and it has to be it's fair for both sides because it's what's the person voting. That's, that's their face, that's their person. And then there's a mail-in ballot. You can vote for a month or two months, whatever you, have, you want to vote for, but you need facial recognition to make a cash your ballot. This way it's fair for both sides. Fifth, uh, Phil in Smithtown, thank you for calling in, and I agree with you. Enough with the mail-in ballots. But until they do away with the mail-in ballots, I think we have to do the mail-in ballots too because I think it's crazy. 
See, I, I just think it's crazy. So in Arizona yesterday, we found out that the Democrat won for attorney general beating out Abe Hamaday. And I was looking at Abe Hamaday, what he was saying. And, you know, he he wants it's not that he's disputing the results per se or saying anything illegal happened. But, you know, he lost by only 280 votes. And meanwhile, like almost three million votes were cast. He said, listen, there are still votes, mail-in ballots that haven't been counted yet. That's what he's saying. I was looking at other reports, and I said, my God, could that be true? Because they're mail-in ballots. This is crazy. You should only have a mail-in ballot if you literally are bedridden or if you are serving the military in another country. If you're just sitting at home, I agree with you, Phil, from Smithtown. You should have, they should do retinal scans. You should have to show up, beep, beep, or something like that. And then everyone's like, oh, well... You can um, you can hack that. Listen, if we can have online banking, I mean, yes, there have been glitches. If we can have online banking, then maybe we need to do and that it's safe and secure. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Then we we have to figure something out. We are the greatest country in the world. And yet we it takes some states weeks upon weeks and weeks to count their votes. Why do we not? I know it depends on each state on how their voting laws are. But we need stronger voter integrity laws put into place nationwide. It should be the same across every single country, uh, every single state. Okay, every single state should have the same laws. And instead, Florida finds out who wins their elections. Why does Florida do everything better? I mean, Florida finds out like right away by that evening and Arizona weeks and weeks and Pennsylvania weeks and weeks. And it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. Uh, let's go to Scrapper. I'm assuming that's not your real name, Scrapper from Connecticut. No, it's not, but that's my name. That's my, anyway, the swamps, they should never call the swamps. Uh, they should, they should always respect the swamps all over the planet. DC is a. I don't even know what he's saying. Swamps, swamps, swamps. We want to drain the swamp. We want to change. We're tired of the corruption. We're tired of these career politicians. That's why I don't understand the left. They're like, oh, we don't like uh, the way the country is. It's inherently racist. And and then they, they are like supporting Joe Biden, President Biden. He's been in office for like decades. Can somebody out there, maybe I'm serious, one of the listeners out there, can you name one good thing President Biden has done? Not even just while president for two years. I'm talking when he... When he was in office, he's been in office for decades. I don't know of one single achievement that he has done. I can tell you what he has done that's been good for the Mexican cartels. He's enriching them by the minute, by the day, by having an open border and letting this fentanyl pour in. I mean, you, we could go on and on, and you've heard me talk about the drug crisis, but I, I think drugs are at the source of a lot of our problems. I would say 90-something percent of them. I honestly want to say that 90-something percent of the people that are in prison right now behind bars, somehow, some way, their crime was related to drugs. Whether they killed somebody over a drug deal, whether they were on drugs when they killed somebody, drugs, mind-altering substances. Why is everybody so afraid to feel what they need to feel? Why does everybody need to get drunk? Why does everybody need to get high? Why can't we deal with reality? What is going on in this world, we need to figure this out because it's it's the the road that we are headed on. It's it's a collision course to either prison or the government assistance line or the graveyard. That is where our kids are headed. One of those three things. 
when we are advocating for drugs and we're allowing them to buy fentanyl and Xanax and all these other things off the Internet. They want to inject themselves with drugs to stop their puberty. Everybody's always looking for some kind of external uh, way to, to make themselves happy when that happiness sounds, I'm going to be a little corny. The happiness is with you in you the entire time. Stop focusing so much on the outside and figure out what's going on with you inside spiritually as to why you are so upset and so angry with the world. Uh, let's go to Brian from Brooklyn. Hey, Lydia, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, I just want to let the public know that a lot of these gangbangers and kids know that they can commit crime and they will not in New York City prosecute them as adults. And we need to go back to where we could prosecute some of these young kids as an adult for serious crimes. But they're not doing it in New York City. I don't know if the public knows that. You're right. It's called Raise the Age. Thank you, Brian, from Brooklyn. And that's part of the bail reform where anybody under the age of 18 is automatically tried as a child in family court. And now the gangs. So the public might not know this, but the gangs do. And so that's why you are seeing more kids killing each other. You're seeing teenagers killing each other. You're seeing kids as young as 12 carrying guns. They have now become the gun mules for the gangs. So the gang members are like, listen, I'm going to have you, shorty. I'm going to have you carry the gun for me because if the cops bust you, you're going to go to family court and then you're going to get out right away. And that's it. They know they're outsmarting us. That's how stupid our legislators are versus when before they knew if a kid was 14 or 15, they could be tried as an adult and face some serious time. So that is what is happening And that's why even the cover of the post, and I actually covered this two days ago in my Lydia reports and when I filled in for Brian Kilmeade, New York, we have finished with an all-time high of the number of kids that have been killed by gun violence in New York City. hundred, I mean, 149 kids have been shot, I believe 11 fatally. That's a record. Back in 2017, it was 75. Now you're like, wow, 70. But I know one child shot is one too many. Do you remember that story of the little girl on Thanksgiving? She was going to get sugar from a neighbor and she got hit by a stray bullet or the kid, the baby, the 11 month old in the Bronx sitting in the back seat of the car while the parents were buying something and got hit by a bullet in the head. Thank God the kid survived. Or what about the eight year old kid in Brooklyn? He was also eating with his friends on a, on the stoop and he got hit with a stray bullet and died. Nine times out of 10, like a lot of the people that are being shot, these kids, they're innocent bystanders. And then who is the perpetrator? Another teenager. Kids killing kids. They should be in school instead. I'm Lydia Serrani. We got a full board of calls. I will be taking your calls. I'm in for Brian Kilmeade. Keep it right here on the greatest station in the world, WABC. New York, 77 WABC. Another lesson learned. Better know your friends or else you will get burned. Gotta count on me because I can guarantee that I'll be fine. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I am Lydia Serrano. You can follow me on social media at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. You can find me on all the platforms there. This is Mary J. Blige, a no more drama. You know she's from Yonkers. I'm from Yonkers. Well, I'm from the Bronx. Grew up there until I was 15. Then we moved 
Move I'm from the Bronx till I was 15. Then we moved to Yonkers, the east side of Yonkers. She's from the southwest side of Yonkers, the Schlobaum housing projects. And if you know those housing projects, they were rough. I mean, rough. I was a reporter for News 12 Westchester, and we often had to go down in that area, the southwest side. And it's... uh. It's uh, it's uh, not not safe, not safe. So the fact that Mary J made it out alive and became a success, incredible. No more drama. We don't want any more drama. But you know what? Our 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 officials and she she talked to there. She's saying about lessons learned. You would think we would have learned our lesson by the COVID lockdowns, just how detrimental they were, right, to everybody. Depression. We saw people. We saw drug overdoses skyrocketing. Addiction issues skyrocketing. There are so many issues, suicide rates skyrocketing, right? You heard more and more about all these people killing themselves because it's not normal. It's not healthy. I don't want to say normal. It's not healthy to be isolated. We as human beings need to be with one another. Never mind what it did to our kids. I'm sure everybody listening here, even if you don't have kids of school age, you have a niece or a nephew or a grandchild or your neighbor's kid or this or that, and you know just how messed up they were by the lockdowns, speech therapy issues, you name it, reading, writing. And I think that played a huge part in why we're seeing kids as young as 10, 11, and 12-year-olds doing carjackings in Washington, D.C. Do you remember those 16-year-old girls? They're now serving some time, not enough time. They carjacked a delivery guy in Washington, D.C., 66-year-old man, and they killed him, two 16-year-old girls. So this is what's going on with our youth. And... I'm going to correlate it with all the restrictions, the COVID lockdowns, because the kids don't kids for a lot of children. School is a safe haven. It's where they can get a hot meal. It's where they feel like they belong. I know that's how I felt when I went to school. I loved going to school. And now we're reading again that they want to bring back the masks. They want to bring back the masks. Patterson, New Jersey, New Jersey's fourth largest school district is bringing back an old mandate in the new year starting January 3rd. Patterson School District will be requiring everyone who enters into a school building to wear a face mask. How is a face mask good for kids? So I don't understand. I have a daughter, five years old. The way they learn is through socialization, through play. For them, she's still, she's talking. Obviously she talks, she talks well. But for her to really learn how to speak, she needs to see the mouth movement. They need to see the facial expressions. Now, if they want to make it optional, then go for it. But whenever you make a mandate like that, where we know studies have shown that masks don't even necessarily work. I mean, you heard the COVID top COVID health coordinator say, we know that they don't work unless you're wearing that KN95 like mask that completely covers your face. And my daughter had to wear a mask during the COVID pandemic, this and that. And it does nothing. It does nothing. And yet here we are once again, they're doing it again to our kids in Patterson, New Jersey, where a lot of the kids come from lower income inner city communities. Why? Why are they doing this? Make it optional. Stop. Stop doing this to our kids. Stop. They need to be in school. They need to be able to see facial expressions. They need to socialize. They need after school programs. They need sports. Why are we doing this? I, I It breaks my heart what is being done to our children. Let's go to Carrie from Queens. Hi, Lydia. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling because I remember a little um, a couple of hours ago, John, do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm listening. Yes. 
John Katsimatidis um, was talking to someone, interviewing someone, and he said um, Venezuela had been lost in 20 years, gone from a democracy to um, a communist country. And he said, he said, people wake up. I'm paraphrasing him. He said, people wake up. Basically, he was saying that this is what's happening in America. And to me, it's plain and clear. You know, I feel like a lot of these things that are spoken about on your station can be spoken about and spoken about and spoken about till we get blue in the face. And it's pretty obvious that this is what's happening. Um, you know, we have this indoctrination of children, um, the sexualization in schools, um, the the uh, drag queens story hour, the the violence, the chaos that's going on that's allowed to happen, all the violence and the chaos, the shootings, the, the drugs, also the allowance of the drugs, and not only the allowance, but the promotion of the drugs, the hyper-surveillance, monitoring, censorship of American citizens' thoughts, communications, and lives, the open borders. To me, these are all indications of what's to come as, you know, for a Marxist or communist society dare I say, even uh, like a fascist totalitarian society. Um, Lydia, also, there's Thank, something... That- Thank you, Carrie from Queens. When you come and you call in, guys, there's only a limited amount of time because I like to get through all the calls. She had a lot of good points there. I do think we are headed on the track to communism, where it's the have and the have-nots, the elites, where you have, you know, San Francisco. Like, I think that's the prototype for, Demo- for the the Democratic Party. Do you want the whole country to be a toilet bowl? Because that's what San Francisco has become, where you got filthy rich people that are buying shacks, literally like 500 square foot houses and places for like millions of dollars. And then you have other people defecating in the streets. That is what's going on. And then the reason they're even able to kind of balance their budgets and afford even any of their social programs and continue on is that you've got these filthy rich people, Silicon Valley, Nancy Pelosi. I'm still trying to figure out how she made so much money. I know her husband Makes a lot of money, but how did she make so much money on the government salary? But I digress. And the way they do it is from the tax revenue from the rich people. So what's going to happen with all this remote work? People are start. They're going to leave Silicon Valley. I watched Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, and I I was watching like they were selling. This one guy was selling the house, and it was completely overpriced. But the person that was buying the house was coming from San Francisco, so they were like, "Oh, this is a great deal," you know, because they're coming from San Francisco, where everything is hyper inflated, right? And that is what they're turning this country into, and they're now fleeing. So you created this ridiculous democratic or whatever liberal radical left mecca where it's the haves and the have nots and a regular person can't even afford to live there you have to be either ultra rich or be ultra poor and live on government assistance and now you're abandoning it and that's what's happening in new york state too people are voting with their feet almost 10 percent of the people that left new york almost five hundred thousand in the last two years were top earners making over $750,000 a year. So all that tax revenue they brought in with them is leaving the state. And what's going to happen? They're going to raise our taxes. To make up for that revenue, watch the taxes go up. 
mark my words, you heard it here first. Our taxes are going to go up because people are leaving the high earners. They're like, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to Texas where there is no income tax. I don't have to deal with COVID lockdowns. I don't have to deal with my kid wearing a mask. I don't have to deal with the high taxes and the high crime. And so they're voting with their feet. And if we want to keep people here, Governor Hochul, take a cue from Governor Pataki and keep people here in New York and stop with the radical woke stuff. okay? because nobody likes it. Not even not even Democrats like it. Only those wacko leftist uh, ideologues. I'm Lydia Serrani in for Brian Kilmeade. Got a full board of calls. We will be taking them. Adam, Andrew, Mike, Jim, David, Al, Ron in for Brian Kilmeade and uh, keep it right here on W.A.B.C. and talk station of New York with Lydia Serrani. Oh, the world we live in now. Real New York. 77 WABC. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Lydia Serrani. Bye, 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 uh, 2022. I am looking forward to 2023. I don't know about you guys. This is the second hour of the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Lydia Serrani. Follow me on social media at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. If you saw me in studio, you would see that I was doing the actual moves of Justin Timberlake. (laughs) We got to move on, right? I am done with the pandemic. I am done with COVID. But what frightens me is the fact that we heard that story that about 50% of the people that landed from China into Milan tested positive for COVID. And what are we? This is December 30th and only... they. So we know about this story, right? 50% went to Milan and they tested positive for COVID. We have no COVID testing restrictions anymore, especially from China, right? Coming in from other countries. So the Biden administration, they said they're going to do it starting on January 5th. Why aren't they doing it now? Why aren't they doing it now? And do you remember when Trump issued the restrictions with the China travelers, President Biden, Hillary Clinton, you named it. They all said he was being xenophobic. He should have done it sooner, obviously, but they didn't let him. And as a result of all of those people coming in from China, millions, millions and millions of people died of COVID. And here we go again. And I have to wonder, maybe I'm crazy. okay? and I keep saying that. But I think the Chinese Communist Party knows exactly what they're doing by lifting the restrictions. So all of a sudden, China, we saw the videos, right? They had everybody so locked down because of COVID. They literally welded them into their buildings, welded them. Did you remember that video? That people died, 44 people died in one building alone because they couldn't get out because their windows and their doors were welded shut by the CCP. And now all of a sudden there was a couple of protests and they've opened it up and they're letting them fly everywhere. I think they're doing it on purpose. 
I think the Chinese Communist Party knows exactly what they're doing. And they're like, you know what? Oh, we can't keep these people locked in. We're getting too much backlash. We don't want to have any kind of uh, restrictions and all these other things happening on us and uh, sanctions by the United States. So, well, you know what? They want to open it up. Let's open it up. You want to go and let's infect the whole world. I could care less. I really do think that because that's what they did in the beginning of COVID. They lied to us uh, about the fact that COVID could be transmitted human to human. Do you remember that? They lied. That's why Anthony Fauci, I'm not sticking up for him, but Anthony Fauci had come come out early on and John Katzmatidis interviewed him. I remember I listened to the interview and he said to him, we don't have to worry about this. We don't have to worry. They're telling us the Chinese health officials that it came from a bat and it, it can't transmit from human to human. And now we know that that's not true. We know that they were doing gain of function research, which is basically bioweapon research, if you think about it, where they take a virus and they make it more easily transmissible to be transmitted, you know, so you can catch it more easily. Why are we even doing that kind of research? Why is any lab doing it? And why are our taxpayer dollars going to a Chinese lab in Wuhan paying for this? So that's a that's a whole other story. If Anthony Fauci, because we don't have the definitive proof, we have some proof. If Anthony Fauci was profiting off people dying and he knew what he was doing, then I feel sorry for him because he's going to burn in hell. And I do believe in a lot of these things that even if you don't get that justice on earth, when you meet your maker, justice will be served. No, but nobody gets off scot-free. Don't, don't, that's my firm belief in a lot of things. You reap what you sow. Let's go to the phone calls. We got a lot to talk about drag queens, the fact that the progressive party in Albany wants to get rid of Hochul's common sense candidate. And like Governor Pataki said, she can hold their feet to the fire and say, you're not going to get your raise if you don't give me my judge and you don't allow judges to have discretion to to decide who is dangerous and to keep them behind bars. So let's hope Governor Kathy Hochul has the courage to stand up to this radical a part of the Democrat Party. Let's go to David from the Bronx. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I want to talk about this uh, drag queen library thing that's going on. I tend to err on the side of tolerance, and I think that that's something that's being not really appreciated by what you've been saying, because children will encounter other children who have parents that are probably cross-dressers or who have two same-sex parents, and I'm concerned about the children of those people being made fun of because these other children have no experience with people different than what they normally see. Um, I can tell you as an interracial child who grew up in the 70s and 80s on Long Island and was called every racial slur you could. But I don't think, think drag queens. Oh, I know. I'm, I, I don't think drag queens are the same as, say, a homosexual person or or like a same sex, because uh, I agree with you. We we do need to be tolerant. There are some same sex uh, uh, couples and we need to understand that the family unit has changed. I get all of that. But why why a man dress up as a woman? Why do you think that is helpful? What is the upside to that? To and that well, having Lydia? that person read to the kids? All right. I don't know what causes that. I, I honestly can't explain why someone would want to do that. But what I'm trying to, to indicate to you is just that, you know, when you're made, and I think you said something yesterday about someone spitting on you when you were a child yes. because of your Albanian heritage. 
Yes. That type of stuff damages a person. Absolutely. And I, can, I mean, I, don't even, I can't even get into it because I don't want to get emotional. The stuff that I went through damaged me as a person. Mm. And I don't want children to go through that unnecessarily. And I think a lot of the people who are, who are pushing this, it's because they're concerned about that. I don't think, like some of your callers are saying, they're trying to destroy the country or groom or whatever. I don't think that's true. There might be a few people like that, mm. but I think the majority are just concerned about the intolerance that is still prevalent in our society. You're 100% right, David. You are. There is intolerance that still exists in this society. We shouldn't judge people simply for how they look or their sexual orientation because I believe that's how God made them. That's how God made them. And you love who you love. And love is love. It should be love. And I agree 100% with you. And it does damage a child. And we're already confused as kids. We just want to belong. We just want to be happy and play with our friends. David, we have to go because I have my next guest on the line. He's a former chief of police, uh, uh, chief of police, Joe Esposito. He was the police department's longest serving and highest ranking uniformed cop for more than with more than 44 years of service. And he's a great guy. He's a fan. Uh, Joe Esposito, how are you, sir? Good, Lydia. How are you doing today? Beautiful day uh, in December. I got to tell you, what a nice weather. Thank God. Right. It was freezing cold. Thank God. So yeah. the cover of the New York Post, I actually did that as my uh, report for Sid and Friends show about two days ago about how many kids are being shot, kids killing kids. To me, it's an epidemic. You even saw a lot of the looting that happened in Buffalo. It was younger people. You see a lot of the viral videos. It's like younger people. What are you hearing? Like, are teenagers out of control? What is going on? Well, you know, it's a, it's a tough crime to look. And just to start out, shootings and homicides are down this year. They really yes. have done a really good job. Double digits. Yeah. But here's the issue. You, you've got to get kids involved with something other than the streets. You've got to get after-school programs. You've got to get weekend programs, mentoring programs. You've got to get, you've got to get something for them to look forward to than hanging out on the street. I mean, uh, you, know, you know Patty Russo with his, with his uh, boxing program? That is a phenomenal program. It takes inner-city kids off the streets. They teaches them discipline. It teaches them to stay in school. They have to have good marks or they can't belong to the gym. Those are the programs we need. Otherwise, you've got these kids that are watching violent video games. They're hanging out on the streets, and they have nothing better to do. I couldn't agree more. Again, we're talking to former chief of police of oh, 44 years, Joe Esposito. Talk to me about the gangs. You know, um, the majority of these shootings, they're gang related. And, you know, the kids belong in school. They seem confused. They're they're out of it. And then the drill rap. I I don't know for people know what that is. It's like rapping um, with the gangs and stuff like that. And it's social media. So that's pushing violence. Yeah. And look, look, we've been saying this for years. The social media, uh, for all its good things, it's a terrible thing uh, uh, to a lot of a lot of people. You know, you see the violence, you see the video games. I can tell you. Video games is one of the worst things ever invented. The violence on those video games is unbelievable. And it makes it acceptable. It makes it acceptable to the young people. Look, if you see TV, you emulate what's on TV. If you see the video games, you emulate it. That's what happened. You, you're brainwashed as a kid. But listen, I was a young kid. I watched uh, the Lone Rangers. I, I played Cops and Robbers. If I watched uh, Dragnet, uh, I played uh, Cowboys and Indians. If I watched the Lone Rangers. So, you, you you get affected by what you watch. And these kids are watching violent games, violent movies. That's all you see on TV. And there are these rappers, a lot of them, I'm seeing these drill raps or whatever. They're showing the guns, right? They've got like, they're like little kids. 
Like the gun looks bigger than they are. And they've got the guns and they're in the bodegas and they're dancing around this and that. And they're saying like nasty lyrics. And then because somebody said this to you, then that one and this and that. And I, I just like it's a whole new world out there. But we really we have to take this seriously. We have to stop it. And for the people out there that say, well, thank God I don't live in the city. Thank God my kid's not in a gang. I think it's spreading. I don't think it's isolated to the inner cities anymore. No, it's not. And it's not. And again, I, I just I, I hate to be the dead horse, but it's the social media. It's the it's the the rap songs. It's the violent video games. It's the, the movies that, that, that show violence. And that's what kids emulate. That's what kids emulate. And you're right. It is going after the suburbs. It's not just it's not just the, the inner cities. It's more prevalent in inner cities because there's more people in the inner cities. But it's, it's, it's reached all levels of, of this country. It really has. Chief Espes- but Listen, i got to tell you, that, uh, the, the mayor's doing a good job with the violence. Yes. Uh, you know, he came in here with a very, very tough situation. I mean, everything was stacked against him. The no bail, uh, all this, the city council, all the, uh, the laws that they changed. You see the stabbings? Stabbings are way up. You know why? They made knives legal. Uh, when I was in the department, you couldn't have mm. a four-inch knife. Mm. What they did. No. Knives are legal. That's where there's more stabbings. Why do you think there's more slashings on the trains in the streets? They made it legal. They, they keep throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You've got to turn some of these things around. I mean, in, in a way, uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani had it easier when he came in. The cops wanted to do the job. We had the rules on our side. We were able, all we had to say was, go get them, guys. That's all he had to say. We had the tools and we had the ambition. Now... We have the tools have been taken away, and the cops are all disheartened. Look, listen, look what's happening to the police. I mean, I, I, I'm very happy the commissioner has worked with CCRB and my dear friend South Pocatera. They, they're redoing the, the matrix for the penalties on CCRB. What's I mean, CCRB for people that don't know? Civil uh, Complaint Review Board. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a matrix. You, if a cop was found guilty of this, you had to take this amount of time. You had to fire him, suspend him, him or her. But they've looked at the matrix. They realize it's, it's just too much. It was, went, over, went overboard. And, and like I said, with Sal Cocatera being on the board, he, he went to the, the commissioner. They made a presentation. And, and it looks like they're going to dial it back uh, a little bit to try and get the cops a little more uh, morale and, and you know, give them the tools they need. Right. And a lot of the cops now, because of this, uh, what is it, the diaphragm law, they're not allowed to even make arrests as effectively as they can because they're not allowed to put any type of pressure on the suspect's chest or back. So oftentimes you see these videos where the cops are kind of like wrestling with the person. They also don't even have stop and frisk. So that was another tool that cops were able to use, a way they could kind of pat you down if they suspected that you were carrying an illegal weapon. And so the cops have been neutered. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, again, I go back to what we just said with the... Uh, with the council, with the council, they change the rules, and and it's so difficult for a cop that wants to do. Hey, look, the cops want to do their job. The men and women of PD, they want to go out there and do their job, but they're looking over their shoulder every single second. Who's taking a video? Who's uh, uh you know, uh, cursing them? I mean, I, I saw a video the other day where uh, the bomb squad guys had been in a, a minor altercation with a car. The guy comes out, he's cursing them, he's videoing them, and they've got to stand there and take it. In the old days, huh, that boy would have had a visit to the emergency room. I got to tell you, if he talked to me like that, he's going to the emergency room. It and was you, horrible. And you know what a lot of people don't understand, too, is that we have a minority majority police force here in New York City. And the racial 
slurs. It's so disgusting because I, I have friends that are cops. The, the N-word, all these things that are being hurled at them, it's it's amazing that they're able to yeah. just to take it. And it's not right. Yeah. It's disgusting. And they got to take, take a deep breath, and they still do the job. They still do the job. It's amazing. I don't know how they can do it. I don't know if I can be a cop in, in today's world. I really don't know if I could have done it. I have a friend, and he's been a cop for, I say, I think 15 years. He's in the transit division, and he's like, I just can't take the spitting anymore. I can't take the lack of respect, the lack of respect. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you know, people would wave and they'd, they'd buy you a cup of coffee. He said, now when I buy a cup of coffee, I go to only certain spots because I don't know if they spit in it or not. That's 100% correct. I, would, I wouldn't go into a restaurant or a bar that I didn't know uh, and order anything because you don't know what they're going through. It's horrible. It's horrible. The disrespect for law enforcement nowadays is just unbelievable. We've well, got to get it back. We got to get it back. And people can say what they want about Mayor Adams. I've been critical of him, too. I, I think that he is underutilizing his power. I know it's limited. I know he's just the mayor of New York City, but people like him. We support him. He has the he has he's a former cop. He knows what he's talking about. And the world will listen. Forget about New York. The world will listen. And you know what? If if the city council doesn't want to take him seriously when he says the judges need discretion or he wants to make some changes to bail reform, maybe he needs to make a trip to Washington and talk to President Biden that he's sick and tired of the crime taking control over the city. He wants to get allow cops to be able to do their jobs. He needs, as Bernie McGurk, God bless his soul, used to say, use that bully pulpit to the fullest extent. He's got the world listening to him. And I think Mayor Adams he could make a change, and we have his well, back. Yeah, and listen, he came into office probably with the worst scenario possible. Yes. I mean, we had eight years of, of horrible uh, uh, government in, in, in this city. He came in with no tools, no morale for the police department, uh, no budget. I mean, we are in a terrible, terrible budget crisis. The last mayor spent every nickel we had. So he, I, I, don't, I can't think of a mayor that had to come into office with worse conditions, and he's doing okay. He's doing a, he's doing better than okay. Crime's going to come down. Crime's been down the last month and a half, two months, about twenty some percent for the twenty eight days. He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. In spite of all the things that he has against him, I believe he's going to turn it around. Well, thank and, you so. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Thank you so much. We got to go to a break. Joe Esposito okay. for coming on last minute. I always enjoy your texts, and uh, I, you're a great friend to to me, to WABC Radio, and God bless you, and God bless your family. Thank you. I'm here whenever you need me. Thanks. Thank you. That's what we have to do, guys. We we need to let the cops do what they need to do. We need to bring back a proactive policing instead of making them reactive, make them proactive, and we have to support our mayor. We do. We have to support him. We have to support our leaders that want common-sense policing, want to bring crime down. And I'm Lydia Serrani. We'll be right back. Welcome back. To the Brian Kilmeade Show, I'm Lydia Serrani filling in for Brian while he takes the uh, the week off. 
This is my last day with you guys. We've got about a couple minutes left. We'll take some more phone calls, and I'll be done at noon. And then at noon, there's a report. And then, of course, there's Curtis Sliwa. The man doesn't sleep. I was like, Curtis, go to sleep. He's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. So you've got Curtis. And then from 1 to 3, you've got fan favorite, a Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. Then 3 to 4, Mayor Giuliani, the best mayor America's ever had. And then... Four to five, you'll have Anthony Weiner. He's filling in for James Golden. And then five to six, you got John Katzmatini's back again. I'll sit alongside him. My honor always to be alongside this guy who's just simply trying to save the world. Let's go to the phone calls. I love you guys. You guys always have the majority of people out there that listen to this station just really care. They're tired of the nonsense and they want to bring us back to the to normal nobody's like i i even i mean yeah we do get a couple of the listeners that they're like a little wacky but i think by and large the people that listen to this station they probably were democrats at one point they were and they're just like i don't like what's going on with the democrat party aoc does not represent me i don't want to defund the police i don't want masking forever i don't want lockdowns i don't i don't want this crazy i i just want to be able to walk down the street I, I don't want anybody forcing me to do anything, forcing my kid to do anything. I don't think kids should be allowed to have surgeries and, and puberty blockers. I don't think we should have an open border. And now the mayor of New York City is asking the federal government for a billion dollars because God only knows how many more migrants we're going to have pouring in. Listen, they come in across the border, but then they're not staying there. They're not staying in El Paso. They get They stay there for a little bit. But what do they do? They go to the big cities. They go to the Democrat cities, the sanctuary cities. They come to New York City. We put them up in hotels. We give them, you know, meals. We clothe them. We feed them. We we educate them. We give them cell phones. Of course, they're going to come here and they're going to stay here. And then while their asylum paperwork is processed, it takes a couple of years, which that's that's a that should not be the case. That's a whole other issue in and of itself. If they do return back to their hearings for their asylum claims that if it is indeed rejected by then they've been here a couple of years, they have roots and the system is a mess. The system is a mess. We need to adjudicate these asylum claims right away. Get the judges to the border, build the tents down there, not for the shelters, but for the courthouses. Let's figure out who belongs here. You've got people all over the world that have legitimate asylum claims. That's what this country was founded on, right? You have a legitimate asylum claim. Why? Because you're at the southern border and you're able to walk across the border simply because of proximity. You should be allowed to stay here. What about what's going on in Iran? What about what's going on in Afghanistan? People are literally being tortured. If you're, if they find out you're gay in Iran, they throw you off the rooftop. What shouldn't that guy? It's literally life or death. If he stays there, shouldn't he? be allowed to stay here, come here to the United States, file an asylum claim because his life is literally in danger, or the guy who just happened to come through that open uh, fence in El Paso, they literally cut open uh, a hole in the fence. So tell me how that's fair. It's not fair. We need a system in place. Forget remain in Mexico. It should be remain in whatever country you're in and file your claims. We need to hire more judges, more immigration processing and not immigration and not IRS agents, more immigration. How about that? Since we're having so many people. And I thought America was the worst country in the world, right? Liberals, lefties, whatever the hell you want to call it. So I don't see anybody trying to break into China. 
North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, or any of these, uh, Iran. No, no, they want to come here because we are the greatest country in the world. And we can, will continue to be the greatest country in the world if we don't bow down to the radicals on both sides, both sides, not just one, both sides. Let's go to Natalie from Suffolk County. Hi, Lydia. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm calling. Oh, good. And happy, happy new year. I'm calling about um, the whole thing of having drag queens and things like that in schools. This man, David, called before and he spoke about tolerance and kids have to be taught and understand. You know, I have an issue with that. Look, I was taught tolerance and, and all of that in my home. I'm older than you. I am a second generation Sicilian. I know, as you say, you went to school with different lunch than other people. We weren't bullied like that. We were, we were taught to be kind to other people at home. My mother used to teach us, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, this, so, I mean, this thing of having these drag queens exposed to young children, they've been not mentally and emotionally grown up enough or developed enough to understand transvestitism because they're not even old enough to understand sexuality yet. There's a reason you don't teach a three and four year old about sex because they're not developmentally ready for that. As a grown woman with children, okay, I in my 40s, we went to a street fair as a family um, in Forest Hills, a wonderful street fair. There was a transvestite dress scantily clad in the middle of the street. I was a grown woman with children. It was one of the most disturbing sights I ever saw in my life. And I'm not saying that to be judgmental. It, it was bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't do this with little children. I agree. Don't, there you, is a reason you don't teach a little girl, a three, four, five year old girl about her menstrual cycle because they're not able to cope with that yet. Right. So all these things that they're forcing down these children's throats, as he said, you, you know, it scars people to be bullied, but it can scar children to be exposed to things too early in life that they are not ready to be taught. You learn Natalie, I don't mean to I'm cut you off. I'm sorry, we got to cut you off. We have some breaking news. Oh, he okay. does. Oh, he doesn't have. Okay, you don't have the thing. Breaking news: There is a suspect arrested in connection to the Idaho college student murders. So you know those four kids, those teenage uh, college students in Idaho, where they were stabbed and massacred to death. The police have announced that they have made an arrest a suspect is under arrest in that horrific quadruple murder in idaho that is uh, been a huge story nobody knew what was going on there uh, so that's some major breaking news right there that they've made an arrest in that idaho quadruple murder wow thank god thank god i i hope they got the right person because that was so horrific i can't even imagine what those parents are going through to lose a child and never mind to lose a child to murder and to lose a child so horrifically the way they did. And, you know, Natalie, to your point, when you said that you saw that person and you're like not the person that was scantily clad and it was a drag queen and just something innate told you that this was disturbing. You know, people underestimate that little voice that we have all inside of us. Every single one of us has that voice that tells us what's right or what's wrong. Some people can call it their gut. Some people say it's their intuition. Some people can say it's their soul. It's uh, I think it's God. I, 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 it's, it's, you can't explain it, right? But it exists. Can you feel the gut intuition? Can you touch it? Can you put it in a box? It's, it's like love, right? Love. You can't put it in a box, but you know it exists. Why? Because you feel it. It's intangible. And that's what God is too. God is love. It's something that we know 
is true because we feel it, we sense it. And so when you have that inner voice telling you this is dangerous or this is wrong or you should do this or I love this person or how you feel about your child, do not ignore it. And so that is what is going on when we see things like a, a, a you know, a woman that is, you know, debasing herself and scantily clad and, and she's, you know, you know, say, we know it's wrong. We know it's wrong. We see, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen prostitutes on this and I pray for them because they're not happy people. Nobody who devalues their worth, their body, which is their body is made. God made us all in his likeness sells themselves because you know what? You are priceless. You are priceless. So that's why when we over even adults that over sexualize themselves and then we're trying to force that upon children, those those adults themselves are not happy. So why are we portraying this as something that is is beautiful and wonderful when they themselves are not happy? Because if they were truly happy with themselves, then they wouldn't be making themselves up like that. Okay, they wouldn't have to get all of that attention and put prosthetic breasts on and all the makeup and the wigs and all that other stuff on. They're doing it because, again, they're trying to find some sort of way from the outside world to make their insides happy. So that's what I believe. We'll talk more about this and more more with your phone calls. I'm Lydia Serrani in for Brian Kilmeade. You can follow me on social media at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. We'll be right back. What a perfect soul. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I am Lydia Serrani, and that is my favorite band right here, Bush. I actually went to their concert not too long ago. Great performance. Gavin Rossdale, he's still got it. More on that breaking news out of Idaho. Sources are telling ABC News that a 25-year-old man was arrested Friday morning, this morning, in Pennsylvania's Pocono Mountains in connection with the murders of the four University of Idaho students, law enforcement sources tell ABC News. Sources say that the authorities knew who they were looking for and tracked the man down to Pennsylvania. A SWAT team entered the location where he was staying in order to take him into custody. The suspect already appeared before a judge Friday morning. Moscow police officers, Moscow, Idaho. That's where this incident happened. Members of Idaho State Police, Moscow City leaders and University of Idaho officials will be holding a press conference at one o'clock local time today. So a 25 year old man is under arrest for that massacre. You know, what's crazy is. You, so when this first happened, this incident I'm I'm a big crime buff, and I I read a lot about uh, a lot of different. I, I I read a lot, obviously, and serial killers and all this other stuff. And I try not to read it at night because it's too disturbing. And when I first heard about this case, in my mind, I said to myself, "This might be a guy." I th- I honestly I thought it was a young person because I said it has to be somebody who's like young, and, and virile and strong, and somebody who planned this out methodically. And I said maybe this is a person who is a wannabe serial killer that he watched a lot of these, these shows and these 
movies and he idolized certain people and he said, I want to do this because it's like a thrill kill. And he stalked these girls. He stalked them and he preyed upon them and he planned this methodically. And I hope to God this is the right person. They probably have DNA connecting him. Who knows? Or maybe he's an ex-boyfriend. I don't know, but that's my theory. This is just my theory. I was thinking that it's some guy who was doing this as like a thrill kill and he idolized a serial killer and he wanted to be that because so many kids are lost. They're so lost. They don't believe in God. They come from broken homes. They're on whether it be legal or illegal drugs. Legal, yeah, because a lot of kids are on antidepressants too. I'm going to say something too that's going to be controversial. This vaping stuff, the vaping, it has a lot of chemicals in it. And I think we know some people that vape, right? Even adults. I have a friend of mine. She vapes quite a bit. Vaping, vaping. Constantly with the pen. Constantly, constantly. And I say to her, just stop. Just stop. Why don't you know how many chemicals are in that stuff? You don't even know. She's gotten COVID how many times? This and that. And she's like, I can't stop because as soon as I stop, I, I'm on edge. I'm on edge. And I'm like, wow, you're on edge right now. Like they don't even realize what it's doing to them. And we know that the human brain doesn't finish developing until they're 26 years old. So why are we allowing anybody to to take to inhale chemicals and these products and we don't even know the long-term side effects of it? I swear we're going to hear so many things like with the vaping, like we nobody knew back in the day that cigarettes were bad for you. Remember, they had the advertisements, even women that were pregnant were smoking. Nobody knew it was bad for you. That's what's going to happen with this vaping stuff. They're going to find out that that's worse for you than than cigarettes and marijuana. And by the way, the marijuana that's being sold now, it's not the stuff that they did like back in the hippie days where people were like, yeah, man, you know, and they got like a buzz going. Now a lot of this weed is so concentrated that it's putting people on their butts and you've got the oils and all these other things. And then, of course, the fentanyl, the drugs, people think they're buying a counterfeit Xanax pill or Adderall or whatever. And then it turns out it's fentanyl and they die. Just don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Don't drink alcohol either. That's also a chemical. I don't drink. I can have a glass of wine, two glasses of wine. Ask my husband and I'm like, woohoo, you know, a cosmopolitan you know what a you know what a Cosmo is, right? The pinky drink. Oh my God, one of those, and I just feel like completely looped. So just don't drink. It's not worth it. Don't do drugs. I, is that stu- is that like archaic of me to say? Is that ultra conservative of me to say? Let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to David from Staten Island. Howdy, Lydia. The subjects I have are a lot of movies in the past related today, like Frankenstein. Jekyll and Hyde, and on TV, the tech wars, we could shake hands and explode. I think that's what they're doing with electronics in uh, North Africa. I also see other things that are going on, and I don't like what I see. I just got a vision, which sounds dumb to you, of damning the front import of New York City and Raising the water level could wipe out a city. Thank you, David, for calling in because I do I do sometimes think that a lot of this stuff is very Frankenstein-ish when I'm seeing the new social media of trends of girls sucking out the fat in their cheeks. And there's just so much craziness going on. And when I see 19-year-old girls getting Botox, you're so beautiful. Like, it's so creepy and crazy what's going on. It really, really is. 
what you see on Instagram. It's not true. There's so many filters, so much makeup, fake hair. I saw a video of Kim Kardashian's hair. She's filthy rich and, and her hair is like straw now because she's ruined it so much. It's there, the wigs, the extensions, all of it. It's, I don't know. I don't even dye my hair. I don't even dye it. I, I haven't turned gray yet. I don't even dye it. I used to, I used to put highlights in my hair and I was ruining my hair. I used to do, my mother knows this, so I'm going to say, I used to do the tanning beds back in the day in college, like the, you know, early, early 2000s, we did the tanning beds and I regret it because now I have a little bit of the freckles on my, my chest area. So now I make sure to put on sunscreen. I do the salt tanner, everything. God made us beautiful how we are like stop messing with yourself stop with the injections stop with the poisons in your face enough enough you know a guy i met a guy at a party once by the way and i won't say who it is but he has a huge famous cosmetic line and he came up to me we were talking and he said to me you don't do botox do you he's like your face moves i said no i never did it or anything and he goes don't do it do whatever you do because you look really good for your guy. How old are you? I tell him. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. He's like, because after a few years, it stops working. And then what happens is your face starts sagging. And that's why you're seeing women younger and younger getting faceless. He goes, look at my face. He goes, it's wrinkled. And this is a guy who has this huge cosmetics empire. And I, I have a lot of his products. And I said, yeah. And he goes, it's wrinkly, right? I say, yeah, it's wrinkly. He goes, I have a face full of Botox. It doesn't work on me anymore. It stopped working because it's a poison. He's like, I, I don't know. He goes, I, so now everywhere I go, when I see women that still look great and they don't use Botox, I tell them, don't do it. Just don't. So there's my, my uh, beauty lesson for all the people out there. And I am hearing about like 40 something year old women now getting facelifts. That is so, so crazy to me. Let's go. Do we have time for a phone call, Ryan? Okay, let's go to Ron from Farmingdale. Hey, hello, and happy New Year coming. Yes, yes, same. Happy New Year to you too, Ryan. Uh, Ron. So I'm going to give you a real quick uh, thing. So uh, it's a quick education. My mom was from Germany. Okay. She grew up and had to be rushed out of Germany during the days of Hitler. And um, what happened before that in the 30s when he was not the number one man is he created the Hitler Youth Program. First camps during the summer uh, and boys, uh, boys uh, scouts was made illegal. So he had to go to Hitler Youth for camps. And then in the schools, he was this chancellor. And they changed all the books. They changed the history books and basically said all they needed to do was take over a generation of children, change them, and they would become the future Gestapo, SS, brown shirts, and whatnot. And everyone laughed, and everyone said that would not happen. And meanwhile, next thing you know, all the parents of those children, by the time those children made it to high school after nine years of indoctrination, turned their parents in for being old-fashioned. Those parents were the first ones that you don't hear about now, but from what my mom tells me, those are the first ones that disappeared without a trace and that were all just disappeared. And the whole generation believed in what they read and what they saw in the media since politically they, they basically owned the media and ran everything. Everyone said, well, that everyone in Germany must be Nazis. That could never happen here. And you're seeing a playbook. My mom told me before she passed away last year that – this is exactly what happened of the 10 years leading up to where things really got bad. And 
she said anyone can look it up on Google and see how it went down, and it's textbook happening here. Well, Ron, I couldn't agree with you more. I do see some indoctrination, brainwashing going on, and kids being turned against their parents. We saw what happened in Virginia. We saw what happened in so many other states where you have the teachers' unions and telling the parents, don't listen, don't do this, and listen to us, and we know what's best for you, and not telling the parents that the kids are using pronouns or they want gender-affirming surgery. No one knows better for a child than the parent. Nobody loves you like your mother or your father do. And remember that. Never forget that. I'm Lydia Serrani. In for Brian Kilmeade. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. W-A-B-C. yourself to make that change everybody look at yourself in the mirror michael jackson the poster child of what not to do to yourself he mutilated himself with that nose oh my god selfish kind of love so there's some more information regarding the um idaho murders arrest paperwork filed by the pennsylvania state police in monroe county said that the suspect's name is brian koberger Brian Koberger, and he's actually 28 years old, and he's being held for extradition in a homicide investigation, and he has an arrest warrant for first-degree murder, Brian Koberger. So I, you know, I do a search for Brian Koberger, and what pops up? This, like, weird-looking guy. And uh, he's a graduate student, and guess what he studied? Criminal justice. Oh, my God, I have goosebumps. What if I'm right? What if I was right that this guy was, like, really in to like criminal justice and like homicide and all this and that. And he's a wannabe serial killer. Oh my God. Just that, that whole story like freaks me out. My goodness. But yeah, so there's going to be a press conference at one o'clock this afternoon regarding the Idaho murders. Again, police have made an arrest. And according to action news, they confirmed in Pennsylvania that the suspect is actually 28 year old, Brian Koberger. So we are going to find out more information about who this guy is. They charge him with first degree murder, which means that this was planned. This was 100% planned. He was not a student there. And what I'm reading online, I don't know if it's the same Brian Koberger. I'm not going to say what school, but he was a graduate student with a criminal justice major. Might not be the same guy, but just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just very bizarre. I won't say the school, but very freaky. All right, let's go to the phone calls real quick. Uh, we got, um, let's see, Gracie, we spoke to you yesterday, so I want to give everybody, okay, let's give Gracie a chance again. Gracie, you're a diehard WABC fan. You always yes, call in because we love tw- you. We love you I'll as much as you love us. I'm almost 24 hours a day. Listen, Happy New Year. Bottom line is this. There might be extremists on the right, but they're not mainstream. The left has the mainstreams that are uh, in government. What about the squad, New York State? It's a disaster. They want to destroy family, faith, and flag. And that's how you destroy a country. And with the uh, the, uh, the medicine, the fentanyl, Let's have a, a more mind-numb robots so they just follow along in lobster. I'll give somebody else a chance. God bless you. God bless you, too. And uh, let's go to, do we have, uh, let's go to Jim. 
from upstate New York. Hey, Lydia. Hey. Uh, great show. The problem is we have a fully paid for asset of the communist Chinese government in the White House documented by Hunter's laptop. That's mm. the problem. No. And the second he got in there, mm-hmm. everything he did was against us and for China. And, and Trump was their worst nightmare because he exposed how deep China's tentacles run in all our, not all, but a lot of our politicians in the White House. I how, do, how, do they all go, how do they all go in there? I'm sorry. How yeah. do they all go in there? Thousandaires that all come out multimillionaires. You're right. If I did that, the IRS would be up my butt. <laughs> I know. Like George Santos in 2020, that's the guy who's a congressman elect in New York, and they're finding out he's a compulsive liar. In 2020, he filed his taxes, and he made like $55,000 a year. And then somehow, some way in 2022, he lent his campaign, 2021, whatever, he, the next year, he lent his campaign like $750,000. You just have to wonder how, like... And, and you know, the optics are so bad for President Biden. You've got 40 people that died in Buffalo, 40 people. Most of them froze to death in their cars because they didn't get a heads up enough. By the time the first snowflake falls, it's too late to get people off the roads. They should have had everything shut down for 24 hours. And somebody wrote me, they said, oh, Lydia, you're being too hard. They can't predict the weather. Actually, they can predict the weather. And every single meteorologist said that this storm would be catastrophic. That's why so many people died, because nobody knew just how bad it was. And yes, I'm going to give Governor Cuomo some credit. I remember covering a storm and he shut down all the roads like 24 hours in advance. And with that, it's an inconvenience. Don't get me wrong. But I can guarantee you he saved countless lives. And that's what we have to do. Our leaders have to know better than us. And I think it's it's more important to be safe than sorry. And so these poor people, they died in their cars. They froze to death. I mean, you're hearing about some of these acts of kindness, like this woman. I was reading this story that an old man happened to be walking by her house in the freezing cold. And she brought him in and he had such bad frostbite on his hands that the bags he were holding were literally like glued to his skin. And it was horrific. And she saved his life. And then once the roads became passable, she drove him to the hospital. And then I heard this other story about a guy who had a barber shop and he happened to stay behind. And then people were walking by and he saved their lives, too. So you have these incredible stories of people that save each other, help their uh, their fellow man. But it, it didn't need to happen because we need to have that foresight, our, our leaders and President Biden, he was on the phone with President Xi for three hours not too long ago, and he didn't even bring up the fentanyl crisis, put sanctions on on China, say, if you don't stop this. And you know what? Let's I say let's bomb. Yeah, I'm going to do a president. I'm going to do a President Trump. Let's get let's bomb those labs. If we know where the Mexican cartel drug labs are, let's bomb them. Let's bomb them. I guarantee you Mexico will be thrilled about it, too. We need to stop drugs. We need to we don't need to legalize. We don't need drug injection centers. We need to get rid of all drugs in this country. Enough is enough. We got to look within ourselves to make ourselves happy and not look to these chemicals. Enough with this, right? Look to our faith and our family and our friends. Pick up the phone, not a needle, not a drink if we're feeling sad. I love me some Michael Jackson. God bless you guys. And as I always say, remember and trust that God is with you in all ways, always. I'm Lydia Serrani. And no.